Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. It wasn't too bad for us, but it does sound like um, some commutes in this morning have been a little bit dicier than others, so watch out for some slick roadways, ramps, etc. We'll head to the Payless Liquors hotline, and I'll give this man plenty of credit. Yeah, the second line in his latest on The Athletic. I was wrong about Miles Turner and his future with the Indiana Pacers. Bob Kravitz, I appreciate the apology. <laughs> yeah, I knew uh, when I heard this, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to write me a big old mea culpa, aren't I? But, uh, you know, look, uh, things change, circumstances change in, in sports and in life. And, uh, you know, I think Miles – uh, really enjoys playing in Indiana now. And I think he really enjoys playing with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I think, uh, you know, uh, being freed up to play the five without having to worry about Domas Sabonis has changed everything, including his outlook. Uh, I was told at the beginning of the season that there was uh, no way that he was interested in coming back. And I thought that that was reconfirmed when he went on the Woj podcast and said, uh, hey, Lakers, you might want to trade for me, boys. And uh, that never happened. And uh, I give the Pacers and uh, Miles people at CAA a lot of credit for finding a creative way to keep him uh, in such a way that it's still kind of a cap-friendly deal for the Pacers. Bob, do you think this move means that Buddy Heald is certainly going to be here? throughout his contract. I think he's got one more year on it. Basically, does not mean that we'll get through next Thursday's trade deadline? And for a team that's out of the play-in right now, it's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline, it seems. Yeah, the, the understanding that I have is that they are going to go into the trade uh, deadline uh, really with an open mind. Um, they don't know at this point, I don't believe, uh, whether they're going to be sellers or buyers. I think they want to see what's out there. They may very well end up doing nothing. I think I've, I think I've hit on every possible <laughs> permutation here, but um, I, I think it's more likely than not that Buddy Heald is still here. I hope he's still here because I think he's a great teammate and a hell of a player. Um, but, hell, man, I'm, I was wrong about Miles. I might be wrong about this one, too. Who knows? Bob, the interesting thing to me, Bob Kravitz is our guest on the Payless Ziggers Hotline. Um, we were talking earlier. I do believe that from the beginning of the year, the Pacers wanted to see how Turner affected Halliburton and vice versa on the floor and whether or not that could be uh, a symbiotic relationship. Clearly, it appears to be. But there is, with this way that this extension was done, it leaves open the door that Turner could, in fact, be traded still in a right. quote-unquote sign-and-trade. Do you believe – now, preface with this, I do not, but I want your, your thought on this. Do you believe that the Pacers made it clear or intended to have that clause in there to protect themselves or because there is something still in the works, 
or is it just simply the byproduct of this particular style of extension? Well, with, look, the, with this uh, extension um, and renegotiation or whatever they call it, um, they can trade him tomorrow. He, he is still on no, the No, I get that. But what I'm saying is, yeah. like, do you think that that's what they are looking to do? I do not, but what yeah. do you think? No, 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 no. That, that's what I was getting to. I don't think. Uh, I, I have every indication, again, I had an indication that he was not going to sign, but uh, I don't think they're going to do anything with him this year. Now, I think what's happening, guys, is they, they know that Miles was – Super inspired to 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 uh, to play well this year. I mean, it was a contract year. Now I think what they want to find out is, okay, he's got his money now. How's he going to play? I think Miles is a pro. I think Miles will continue to play well, but um, I, I think there's still a chance that they would move him beyond the trade deadline. Uh, like again. They're not going to do anything this trade deadline. At least that's not the plan. But I think down the road, if they see a better deal, uh, they could still move him. So uh, I don't. I, I think the trade, the trade talk will continue to swirl around around uh, Miles Turner for as long as he's here. It would seem. Yeah, and he's got a lot of reasons. Hidden free agency at the age of twenty nine. You know, the new TV deal. Um, he could be looking at a pretty good contract if he continues to play well. Over the well, next that, that's exactly that's exactly right, Kevin. I mean, he he'll, he'll be I think twenty eight when the, the new when the, this contract is up, uh, he'll be in his prime uh, theoretically. And the new TV money comes in the uh, the, the all, all the there's gonna be a lot more money. You know, the pie is gonna be bigger for the players. And if he's still playing really well, he can really hit the jackpot. So it's a win win really, for the Pacers, and it's a win-win for, for Miles. Again, Bob Kravitz has his latest up on the athletic, shifting gears um, to the Colts. Uh, this head coaching search now three weeks old. I don't think there's any sort of imminent end to it anytime no. soon. Bob, the longer it goes, what does that mean for Jeff Saturday? I don't. I think it means that they, they're, they're moving on. I, I, I just I don't know. I don't know what to read into all this, guys, I just know that there's no way you can look at the original 13 or or the, the, the six or seven guys that they have now and make the argument that Jeff Saturday is better prepared to be the coach of the Indianapolis Colts than, say, Raheem Morris or Eric Bieniemy or uh, Callahan or, or any of those guys. So I'm not sure what to read into it. I'm a little. Uh, I'm not surprised that he made the second cut because of his relationship with Ursay, but uh, I think they're going to go in a different direction. Bob, this is kind of a probably a tired subject, I guess. But if Saturday is the guy, I would agree with you. It seems as though the longer we go here, the more it seems a certainty that's not going to be the case. But if Saturday's the guy, if you're Chris Ballard at that point, are you like, what the hell am I doing here? Right. Oh, I think he's had that thought many, many dozens of times over the course of the last, you know, calendar year. There's, there's no question. At the same time, and look, he, he would get a job 
somewhere else in about 15 minutes. I, I truly believe. I think he's still highly, highly thought of. He's more highly thought of throughout the league than he is here in Indianapolis. So I think he'll, he'll hold on. Even if, even if Saturday gets the job, there's only 32 of these and he's getting paid a lot of money. He's got the extension until 2026. He's got a young family. He's got kids in school. I think he's probably going to bite the bullet if, even if Saturday gets the job. And at the risk of I'm not asking this in a defiant manner or like in a, you know what I mean? But I, I wanted to give you the opportunity to elaborate on this. I don't disagree that Ballard probably is highly thought of outside of Indianapolis and NFL circles. But based on the amount of time he's been here, the lack of playmakers on the field, and the lack of postseason production, that's based on what? Well, I, I think people will look will look at, at the quarterback situation, which which was partly his doing. Um, but I think they'll look at the quarterback situation and say, look, they haven't had any consistency uh, at that position in five, six, seven years. And I think they'll look at the fact that they had seven Pro Bowl players last year. So he, he, he is clearly a, a good judge of talent. The problem has been that the talent judgments have not been good at the most important positions. You know, they don't, still don't have an edge rusher. They still don't have a left tackle, although I thought Ryman played, uh, Raymond played better as the season wore on. Um, they still don't have that game-breaking wide receiver. So, um, but I, I think, you know, all those years Ballard was just doing okay in Indy, and every time you read one of those national pieces, he was one of the most highly thought of GMs in the league. So either he's got everybody else fooled or he really has the goods. We just haven't really seen it in Indianapolis. I mean, it's hard to argue with 4-13-1. and one. Again, he's Bob Kravitz from The well, Athletic here. On the Payless Liquors hotline. Bob, obviously we know how Purdue's season played out last year when it came time to the NCAA tournament. But, you know, if you were to think back to your opinion on Purdue maybe entering February last year versus your opinion on them entering February this year, do you feel better about this year's team getting on a run versus maybe how you felt about last year's team? I thought last year's team had a a better chance of going deep in the NCAA tournament. I was completely shocked but they lost to St. Peter's. I thought with Trevion and with, uh, with uh, 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 Jaden Ivey, I thought they had a deeper, better uh, team last year. Um, I, look, I think, I think they'll make it to the second weekend. I, I don't doubt that. But I would have thought that last year's team had a better chance to go to the, to the final four, at least the Elite Eight, than this year's team. Uh, I think as great as they've been this year, you still have those two young guards. And, man, if you get Edie in foul trouble, and it hasn't happened, but if you get Edie in foul trouble, that team is really in, a, in rough straits. So I, I think they're I, I think they going to be good. They're clearly going to be a one seed. They're going to get to the second weekend. I just – I had a higher – ceiling for last year's team than I do this year's team. I looked, you know, the two guys that, that to me feel like they could be real wild cards for Purdue. And I agree with you about the young guards, although, 
you know, Smith and Lawyer both just they look wise beyond their years. They do. But but I that's obviously in fair play, right? The two guys to me that are really the X factors for Purdue are Kaufman Wren and Caleb first, because you know, in a game where where Zach Eady, and those guys are both really good players. Caleb first has really played well, I think, and has done a really good job of kind of sliding off of or adapting to having Edie taking up so much space. But right. there is going to be a game probably in March where suddenly Edie finds himself on the sidelines yeah. a lot. And at that point, I guess the question becomes, Bob, are those two guys, I think they're skilled enough to be able to answer that as a combo, but are they going to be familiar enough with that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, like I, I was saying before, I, I, I worry that Zach's going to get a bad whistle at some point in the NCAA tournament, and that's going to put all the pressure on those two guys, especially Kaufman Wren, who I thought looked pretty good. Um, well, they got they had Michigan State the other day. He looked pretty good, and, and he's starting to come along. Um, whether he's going to be at that level um, by March, I don't know, but that would be my greatest my greatest concern with Purdue, um, you know, is if Edie gets in foul trouble and who do you who can you rely on? And if Kaufman Wren continues to develop, then maybe you don't have those fears. Yeah, Purdue has gotten some nice moments from their supporting cast here as of late. But yeah, if, if again, it hasn't happened all year really, but if Edie were to get in foul trouble, that would be the biggest question. Bob, last one for me, and appreciate the time. On this Monday morning, again, Bob Kravitz from The Athletic with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Looking ahead to Saturday, 4 o'clock, ESPN, Indiana, Purdue, assuming IU climbs into the rankings today, it will just be the third time since 2000 that they both will be ranked in a matchup. Um, your early thoughts on what you expect from really two of the hottest teams in college basketball. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, and uh, I'll be there, and – I just want to see TJD against Zach Eady, man. I mean, to me, <clears throat> excuse me, they're, they're two-player-of-the-year candidates. Uh, maybe the top two, I, I, I'm not sure, but they're certainly in the top five. I think I think Eady's number one at this point. He's got to be the overwhelming favorite. You've got to think. And TJD is playing out of his mind lately, so – I'm just really interested. I, I've got some calls out to some NBA people because uh, I'm I'm interested in what these guys look like as NBA prospects, especially especially Edie. Because you think about it, 20 years ago, Edie would have been the first pick in the draft. Now I have absolutely no idea how the NBA looks at him. I, I talked to Matt Painter about him uh, as an NBA prospect about two weeks ago. And I'll have that in my column uh, this weekend. But that that's what I want to see more than anything else. I would think late first might start to be in play now for Jackson Davis and early second to mid-second for Edie at this point. And I'm in agreement with you. I mean, both of them have become – somebody asked me yesterday, Bob, which was a good question. When was the last time the state of Indiana had arguably the top two players in college basketball? And my first thought was it would have been 93 with Cheney at Indiana and Glenn Robinson as a sophomore at Purdue. That, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, Don't be surprised when that shows up in the column. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I did not know that, but uh, that that sounds about right. I mean, there and there are such different types of players playing the same position. It's just you know styles make fights. It's going to be a really interesting uh, mano a mano matchup between those two guys on Saturday. Without without question, Bob. Enjoy that atmosphere. Thanks as always for hopping on with us, man. My pleasure, guys. Be well.